Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Robert, 68, is here for his wellness visit. He has no complaints, but when he's asked about his overall well-being, he states, Sometimes I feel like I'm slowing down a little. He still works as an accountant and plans to work for a while longer and denies any issues with his functioning. His past medical history is significant for hypertension, GERD, being overweight, and his wife complains that he snores a lot at night. Sometimes it seems, she states, that he can't even breathe. How might Robert's sleep be influencing his overall health? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney, Associate Professor and Associate Dean of Advanced Practice Programs at the Tan Ching Fen Graduate School of Nursing at the UMass Chan Medical School. Hi, Susan. Hey, Frank. Wow, Robert sounds like uh, a third of, if not half, of my practice. So he, he's he's slowing down a little bit, and and his wife gives us a hint. Um, what do we know about sleep and its effect on his health? Well, um, as my husband likes to say, sleep is the, the key to life, but it really is. I mean, it helps with um, cognitive function, and um, it's very important to health. So what he's saying is he's telling us that he's snoring and that his wife sort of is witnessing gasping. So the, all of those are red flags for potentially obstructive sleep apnea. And we know this obstructive sleep apnea has many associated risks, mainly uh, to blood pressure. And we do have some information that it can affect cognitive function. It can have an impact on cognitive impairment. And and so, you know, what is sleep apnea? It's it's a sleep disorder. And we either, you either have apnea or hypopnea. Apnea is when you actually have complete cessation of the airway, and you have a, usually a drop in O2 saturation. And then a hypopnea is a partial airway obstruction and can also cause decreased saturation. So we know that 30% of people over the age of 65 have some kind of sleep, uh, some obstructive sleep apnea. So if you think about that, you know, and you think about overall functioning as well as cognitive, a cognitive ability, that's striking and and um, certainly helping Robert um, recognize this and possibly get him not possibly get him in to be tested and diagnosed if if he does have sleep apnea would be really essential to helping his function. Okay, so thirty percent of adults over sixty five that's that's quite impressive. Can you talk a little bit about the other risk factors for obstructive sleep apnea and what are the risks associated with obstructive sleep apnea? So people that are at risk are folks who are obese. Um, so, you know, obviously extra weight. Uh, folks who have crowded obstructive upper airway, and there's a score, the Malampati score, and, and anything that's going to crowd that airway, which will then occlude the airway while they're sleeping and laying down. Diabetics, type 2 diabetics specifically, are at risk. Folks, obviously, who've had strokes, and men are slightly more at risk than women, um, although, you know, it's like, a, it's certainly not insignificant in women. 
And the things, part of the reason um, there's some pathology that goes along with this. So when you obstruct your airway, you increase your intrathoracic pressure. And by doing that, it, in, it stimulates the sympathetic nervous system and actually causes an increase in your sy systemic blood pressure and in your pulmonary blood pressure. It also puts you at risk for arrhythmias and obviously disordered sleep. If you're, if you're occluding your airway, you're not going to be sleeping very well. And if you are, have disordered sleep, you're going to be at risk for um, sleep deprivation types of injuries. So, you know, driving under the influence of exhaustion and, um, you know, other types of, of injuries from not having enough sleep. So this is not minor. This is a, this is a very impactful type of disorder that we know it affects blood pressure. We believe that it has cognitive uh, impact on the people's cognition. So it's, it's something that we need to be screening for on a regular basis. And now, luckily, Robert told us that he's snoring and that his wife recognizes this. Many people are not, this may not even be on their radar. They may not even, uh, they, they may not want to admit to it. So it's really imperative that we ask these questions. You know, are you snoring? Are, do you have daytime sleepiness? Um, and there's, of course, the uh, Epworth sleepiness scale. Um, you know, it's a really important tool to, to measure whether someone's at risk for sleep apnea. Okay, so... You've told us that um, obstructive sleep apnea has some uh, increased uh, systemic and pulmonary blood pressure issues, risks for arrhythmias, and in particular, um, uh, some cognitive data. Can, can you talk a little bit about the research in this area? There's been a couple of studies recently, and the one that caught my eye was looked at sleep apnea and um, its impact over cognitive decline over five years in the elderly. And this was done in Switzerland. Uh, with about 360 individuals, male and female. And what they found was that folks who had, had diagnosed OSA over five years had a much steeper decline in their cognitive functioning. They had an increase in cognitive impairment uh, compared to those who, who didn't have sleep apnea. Um, and they did a really robust look at various indicators of cognitive impairment. Um, so it was really interesting, and it was it was impressive. They sh it showed um, that they had a much steeper decline in these all of these measures. Um, then there was a, another study um, in the United States through the University of Michigan that looked at um, the association between treatment of diagnosed sleep apnea with positive pressure apparatus like CPAP and BiPAP, and they found that people who were diagnosed with sleep apnea and were treated with BiPAP and or CPAP had a less incidence of Alzheimer's, mild impairment, a cognitive impairment, and any other type of uh, non, not otherwise specified dementia. So there was a protective component for folks who had sleep apnea who were receiving treatment um, to, uh, compared to those who had sleep apnea and were not getting treatment. So it appears that one of the studies, the, one I, the first one I talked about, looked like there was, a, um, there was definitely a risk of folks who have sleep apnea for cognitive impairment. And then also um, treatment of, of uh, effective treatment of sleep apnea seems to decrease incidence of Alzheimer's and other types of, of impairment. So I think that the evidence is starting to really point to um, making sure that we're screening, that we're diagnosing, and that we're effectively treating people.
so that we can keep people functional longer. I think you're right, Susan. I think um, it's startling that a third of adults over 65 have obstructive sleep apnea. It's concerning that not diagnosing it can increase the risk of cognitive decline, but treatment can benefit. I think I think that's very good information, and uh, I think we'll all start using it very soon. Thank you very much for covering this topic. My pleasure. Practice pointer. Remember to screen for obstructive sleep apnea in all patients, but particularly in your older patients, and then treat to decrease risk of increasing cognitive decline. Join us next time when we talk about the data showing how smartwatches can be effective in helping identify atrial fibrillation. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.